I do want to uh, just share something. I really feel like the Lord sp- uh, spoke to me uh, this morning, actually, at 1020. Actually, he'd been speaking to me for, for a while, but uh, I just, you know, it takes me a while to hear things. But I want to ask the Lord to just really, Lord, I just pray this morning that you would give us these uh, ears to hear and hearts to understand, Lord Jesus. Just, Lord, we ask you to help us, Lord. That's really what we need. Just, we need your spirit. We need your life. We need your direction. We need your lordship. And all that we do and all that we say in Jesus' name, amen. So I want you to, let's read a scripture. It's 1 John chapter 1, uh, starting in verse uh, 1. Brian's going to put it up there. I'm going to read it. It says, uh, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. So I wanted to point out to you, you know, he uses the word, that which we have seen and that which we have heard. And that's what we're declaring to you. It's something that, you know, the apostle was saying, I've seen something and I've heard something, and this is what I'm telling you. It's what I've seen and what I heard. And... And I'm telling you this so that you can be full of joy, that your life can be full of joy, you know. And um, I think um, what I feel the Lord wants to say to us is, a, is about declaring God's Word and how, you know, if you look back on all the revivals in the Bible and look at revivals in history, in all those revivals... God's Word was being declared in some particular fashion. I mean, it was really central to the move of God. You know, when God moves, God speaks to people, and these people declare what they've heard and what they've seen. And it's, so it's always a central thing. And I think uh, the, de- the declaration of the Word of God, in our nation at least, is under attack. I really feel like it's really under attack. And I think... Um, when you think about it, why is it, you know, why is it under attack? And I just want to begin with the people who declare the word, okay, and and say something about those people, and and what I see is is as being real issues. Um, on September the twenty fourth, uh, the year two thousand and three, I, I had this tremendous experience with the Lord. I, some of you may remember I shared some of some of the things that the Lord really revealed to me one day. Um, and, it, and you know, of course, when the Lord reveals something to you, you get this concept in your mind of how that's going to work out and outwork. But one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about was, was about the right interpretation of the Word, that His heart was for that, and that, that was really what He wanted. And I thought about in the Bible where it says that uh, we're warned about not let there not be many teachers among you because you're going to in, incur a stricter judgment. That's, that's really what the Bible says. And it's like, ooh, what have I got myself into here? 
you know, a stricter judgment is what I've got myself into, really, to tell you the truth. Um, and that thing has really been something that's been real in my life, honestly. That God really has this passion for His Word to be spoken. A real passion for it, a real desire for it, a real hunger for it. And, uh, you know, we need preachers and teachers and people who can really declare God's Word and declare it rightly. And, but it, central to that is just what John said. You know, we, we've told you what we've heard. We've told you what we've seen. That's, that was really, to me, that's like the, the essence of rightly interpreting God's Word is you've got to hear something you've got to see something. Now, if you would turn over to Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read that to you. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. This is, you know, a scripture everybody knows. But I just think it's so powerful and something God really wants to penetrate our heart with. It said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and His train of His robe filled the temple. Now, you know, I don't want to dwell on death because I've been involved in death. In fact, this was the first week I didn't have to be involved in death in a month, um, which was nice, actually, not to have to do that. But I do think that there's something that has to die in all of us, in our hearts, maybe around us, before we're really going to hear the Lord and see the Lord on some level. In other words, we may have seen the Lord and heard the Lord in our lives, but God has more for us to hear. He has more for us to see. And there's, it, it really, if you really look at the Bible the way the Bible is oriented and what the Bible really teaches it, death is required. It really is. It's all through the Bible. You know, the old saying is there was no Pentecost until there was a Calvary. You know, there had to be a death of Christ for that powerful Pentecost experience to happen. And I just think in our lives, things sometimes have to die. I'm talking about God things. I'm talking about good things. I'm talking about bad things, possibly, if you have bad things, for sure. But I think that's just important for us to see that. that God wants to bring about death at times so He can speak to us. Because these things... Think about it. Here's the prophet. This is Isaiah 6. I think I've told you this before. He prophesied for five whole chapters that are written in the Bible. He prophesied the Word of God. And then something happened to him. He had this powerful experience. You see, it, it was like he prophesied. He's had a ministry. God was using him. And then suddenly something happened in his life where he went to another level, so to speak, in God. And it says, you know, he describes the experience of what he saw. He said, above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. And with two he covered his face. And with two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And he just a real strange thing that was happening there. That sort of goes along with God many times. There's things in heaven that when they're unrevealed to us, they, they doesn't look natural. And, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Man, that was, that was the ultimate experience, really. But, he said, so I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. 
For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So that was really what this experience with the Lord did to Isaiah. It just shook him. He said the door of the temple was shaken, but he was shook. He saw the Lord and he saw how, you know, how bad his life was and how filthy his mouth was. Then he goes on, and, and then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with, with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So you see the, the thing that happened in his life is he had this encounter with the Lord. He saw the Lord. He heard the Lord speak. And then the Lord sent him with a real word. And I think what has happened... You know, we have these hollow words that are being preached um, because we have preachers who really haven't got with God and heard God and seen God. So they preach hollow messages. They, so you have, this is what's happened, I, I see. We have this desire in the church. Well, let's, you know, let's have a 20-minute message. Okay? I understand why people want 20-minute messages. You see, that's, the cause doesn't start with the people asking for something like that. The call starts because we don't have preachers who've been there. Because if we had preachers who'd been there, I promise all of us that we wouldn't be desiring, let's, you know, oh, we need to hear preaching, let's get this thing over and quick as possible and do other things that are more... So our society is full of churches, and I'm, this is not a downgrade on any church, because you find it from one extreme that we, they're full of churches who want a 20-minute message, uh, you know, 20 minutes of singing and 20 minutes of something else and go home. Uh, because people come and they don't want to spend... It's not because people are bad. It's not because their hearts are bad because they're not hearing God. So they're saying, if I've got to sit here and listen to it, make it short, make it sweet, make it easy so I can get away from this. You know? And I don't blame them. We shouldn't blame them. You know, we should ask for that. You know, or we have churches, you know, that says, forget preaching. Let's just, you know, worship the Lord and have a great time in God. And, you know, that's, you know, going, that's the other extent extreme that's, that's really wrong because that's not really biblical you know it's just not we we need the preaching of the word nobody ever got saved without the preaching the Bible's clear nobody ever got you know it takes the word of God to give us faith and release faith into our lives yet we don't need preachers who haven't been with God who haven't got with God and heard God and found God in a real way that's, that's really the need of the hour. We need the preachers, like John said, that, you know, we've heard something, we've seen something, we've touched something, and this is what we're telling you. We're telling you what we've heard, touched, and seen. And we want you to have the same thing that we have. That's the kind of preachers the world needs, is those kind of preachers. That's the kind of preachers that the church needs, is those kind of preachers. You know, it really starts, you know, with, with the preachers. Okay. Uh, if you want to look at Second Timothy chapter four, I want to read because it's not just the preachers. Okay, there's a there's a thing that has happened 
that, that we were warned about, and it's happening right now. It's happening. These very verses are fulfilled in our very eyes. This is the Second Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1. This is Paul talking to Timothy. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead. That's a pretty scary thought. At His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. So that's what Paul was saying. This is what you've got to do, Timothy. This is your commission. Uh, you know, this is your instructions from Paul. Be ready in season. I preach, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. That's, that's the job that he had. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Now, now I'm telling you, that time is coming in the church. That time will come. But according to their own desires... Now, I said on the one hand you have preachers who have not been with God, therefore people don't want to hear them. On the other hand, you have people who, according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Now, that's the other hand. We have a nation of itching ears that want to heap up teachers and preachers that will say the things to them that will satisfy their itch. But this is what it says. It says, and they will turn their ears away from the truth. So you have preachers who are not really with God, speaking God's Word, and you have people who are desiring to hear stuff that's really not the Lord. Oh, let's don't bring them to that church because they may be offended. Forget it. That's wrong. That can't be right. Jesus never worried about offending any person. He didn't go around purposely offending people, by the way, in a harsh way, but He would offend people into the ground. He never tried to offend them. He never was harsh with people and was hurtful to people, but He would tell them the truth. And they will turn aside to fables. Or in other words, they will turn aside to things that really are not the truth. And we see that has happened in America. We see that's where, the, where much of the church, the state is. We have we've believed stuff that's simply not God. It is simply not the foundations of the truth. And we have a weak church. But then he says, but you be watchful in all things, Timothy. You've got to do this. You've got to be watchful. You've got to endure afflictions. You need to do the work of an evangelist. You need to fulfill your ministry. That's, that's what he said. You need to fulfill your ministry. And really there's a real, real uh, desire from the Lord for preachers today. There really is. But not just any preachers. There's a desire from the Lord for people who will get with God and get something from God and have something from God. That's what the desire of the Lord is. That's the real answer the answer is not to sit down in a room with ten people to try to figure out a clever way to, to preach, to present messages. That's not the answer. It's really not the answer. The answer really is for somebody to find God, to cry out to God, Lord, you know, we need to hear from you. All right, turn over to uh, Amos chapter 8. You see, so I've said this is the preacher's problem, this is the people's problem, and then there's this God, God part in all this. It says, and these are all so familiar verses that we can't hardly stand it. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. That's the famine. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, fro seeking the word of the Lord. 
There's people who are doing that. There are people who are hungry for God. They want to hear something for God. They desire to hear something for God. But then he says, they're going to do this, but they're not going to find it, for they shall not find it. In that, in that day, the fair virgins... Now, that would be... The fair virgins would be the Christian woman. The Christian woman who's following God. Okay? And strong young men. That's the young man who's really strong in the Lord, following Christ, a disciple. That's what he's talking about there. Shall faint from thirst. They'll faint. And see, what we have in the church today, we have lukewarmness. We have people fainting because there's a famine for the Word of God, for the real Word of God. There's preaching. There's all this stuff that's happening but people are fainting. And it's because I believe we've, we have forsaken something that's vital to us as people. And we've tried to replace it with other things. I was in a meeting recently with a uh, group of people, sort of, sort of a roundtable type discussion, and just listened to what everybody had to say on a certain topic. And what I found was interesting... A certain person kept providing a lot of input, but nobody really paid any attention to this person. You know, I thought well, that's interesting. I just was kept noticing that, and he would she kept forcing his wanting to keep come back and have something to say. And what he was, and I was, I was analyzing what he was saying. What he was saying was right. There was nothing wrong at all in what he was saying. The problem was this: it was all theory to this person. And because it was theory to him, because this person was a younger person, he was immature in life, nobody would listen to him. The words were hollow words. And the, another person in, in the same room who that was a reality in their life could open their mouth and say the exact same thing and he would have the attention of everybody in the room. And we have that same problem with the preachers. We have that same problem with the evangelists. As we are speaking hollow words many times because they didn't come from God. They didn't come from what God's done in our life. They didn't come from the experiences that God's placed in us. So we speak hollow, empty words that may be true, but they don't do anything for anybody. They don't change lives. And so we've created a whole following of people who have itchy ears, and these itchy ear people have, you know, become real weak. So this morning, um, I believe what the Lord wants to do is to ask people in this room, if do you want to be a preacher? Now, some of you might need to be preacher, you know, like in a church where you preach to people in the church, or some of you may want to be a preacher who preach evangelistically to groups of people. Um, but I believe what God wants is preachers. He's looking for some preachers. He really is. But he was looking for some real preachers. He, he doesn't want hollow preaching. And I think he wants to ask people in this room, do you want to be a preacher? Because 
I'm looking for you. I'm looking for somebody who will preach my word. I'm looking for somebody who will get with me and have something to say. And see, that's the key, though. He's, he's sort of got these conditions tied to it. He's saying, I want the kind of people who are going to be willing to make the sacrifice to get with me. And it may be a big sacrifice. It may be a death. It may be, you know, something difficult that you may have to go through ultimately to become the preacher that God wants you to be. So I don't want to try to define the preaching because I believe there's a great need for one-on-one preaching in an evangelistic sense. But I don't really want to try to do that. You know, my passion for me, you know, and my passion for this church is that we would, we would be a church that would really hear God. And if that took five minutes or 55 minutes, that really wouldn't be the issue for us. The real issue would, would be that God spoke to us. We heard God. And the person was speaking was a person who saw something and heard something and declared that. Now, that's really what I, my, my hope and my desire is for myself and really for this church. So what I want to know this morning, this is what I believe the Lord wants to do, is ask people, who wants to be a preacher? Honestly. And are you willing to pay the price? Now, what, what we're going to do, you can help me on this, you know, is pray for you. If you really want to be a, a, a real preacher, um, a real preacher, However that works out, I don't want to try to get into trying to define all the different scenarios. But there's a great desire in God's heart, a great need in God's heart for God to talk to us. Okay? There really is. He wants to talk to us. He wants to share with him, but he wants he needs some people that can get with him and hear him and say what he's got to say. That's what he wants. So when you're saying, I want to be a preacher... That's what he wants you to do. That'd be the first thing he wants you to do is get with him, wait on him, hear what he got to say, and you know he's going to do some hurtful stuff. In your, well, I don't want to say hurtful. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So if you would like to do that, you raise your hand this morning. Would you like to come up and stand here? You're saying to people, "I want to be a preacher." There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great calling, preaching. Great calling. You're going to help me pray for people, Jim. I really, when Joe was leading worship this morning, uh, just a great joy came up in my heart because... I knew that we weren't pretending. And one of the reasons I love this church is it's not about pretending to praise. It's not about pretending to get with God. It's not about pretending to preach. It's the real deal. What a blessing. What a blessing. And my heart's cried out for a number of years you know, because I've seen in, in the younger generation especially a great desire to be worship leaders. And there's been a cry in my heart, well, where are the ones that are willing to sacrifice their lives to preach the Word of God also? It's not that you can't do both. But where are the preachers? 
And so this really is a, an answer to a, a prayer from my heart that the Lord would put His words in our mouth, and that they would be words of life, not words of legalism, not words of pretense, but words of mercy and grace to heal the nations. Fill us, Lord, with Your Word. Give us the ability to clearly speak what comes from Your throne, not from our own hearts. Lord, give us experiences with You that we can say, I have touched this. I have handled this. This is mine. Lord, make it real. Make it real in every one of these hearts this morning, Lord. In my heart, Lord, I want to preach Your Word. I desperately want to find that reality with You to be able to preach Your Word, Lord, desperately. Lord, let there be an impartation to raise up preachers, communicators of Your Word this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we want to ask You this morning... Um, to forgive us, Lord, if, if we we don't set ourselves above any other church or any other move. Lord, none of that really is. Lord, we humble ourselves to you. Just like Isaiah said, we're lacking, Lord. And Lord, I just confess it in my own life, Lord, the the real need to to be more have more of you and be with you more and Lord, uh, just not to, uh, you know, compromise or to, but to stand on on the things you've done in my life and the, and the things you want me to say. And so, Lord, I just just pray that this morning over us, Lord. Even all these people that are standing here that say they really have a desire to preach in some fashion, Lord, that they would be able to receive something from you today, Lord. Uh, receive a desire. Lord, I want you to impart to them a hunger for your word, Lord. Because, Lord, no preacher should be able to preach who doesn't give himself to the word of God. No preacher should be allowed to preach that doesn't have a passion and doesn't give himself to study and give himself to allow you to speak to him through your word, Lord. So, Lord, I'm asking you for every person standing here that you would give them a desire to read the Bible, to study the Bible, to meditate on verses to think about things that you said, Lord. I'm asking you to do that for them, Lord. And Lord, I'm asking you also for that religious uh, spirit that so permeates our society, so permeates the body of Christ, so permeates this church, Lord. Lord, that somehow that we'd be able to break out of that cocoon, Lord Jesus, of religion. Lord, that we could break off what we think real biblical preaching is. And we could find out from you, find out from the Lord Himself, from Jesus Himself, what real preaching is all about. Lord, I ask you to do that for all of us today, Lord. And, and Lord, the yokes that we carry many times in preaching and trying to teach, the yokes, the yoke of man, uh, the, the need to be accepted and the need to... all those things that are really perversion, Lord. Lord, I pray you would begin to remove those yokes from our hearts, Lord. Lord, that you begin to remove the need, the over, the, the unhealthy need for affirmation. The unhealthy need, Lord Jesus, from affirmation from any other than you, Lord. Lord, we need each other. But, Lord, there's an unhealthiness that can come into our lives. And I pray you would remove that. I pray you would heal our hearts, Lord, so we, when we preach, we could be right in our hearts, Lord. That, that we wouldn't be mean preachers, harsh preachers. But, Lord, we wouldn't compromise on any level, Lord Jesus.
we would tell the truth, Lord. We would tell the truth, Lord, but tell it with grace. Our voices, our mouths would be seasoned with salt, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that today, Lord. I just bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for all these people who want to be preachers. Lord, make them preachers. Make them. Lord, I just I want to pray for Byron, Lord. Um, that, Father, that you would give him a supernatural wisdom in how to release preachers. Lord, I, I just really feel that, that, you're, that you've established uh, ministry through Byron, Lord. He serves this congregation and preaches here. And it's one thing to minister in the name of the Lord, but it's another thing to raise up and launch ministries. Lord, that is much more difficult. But I pray that you would move Byron into that level of ministry, Lord, that you would give him wisdom as a tactician, as a strategist, Lord, to know how to have, design an open-topped um, movement, Lord God, that would create places for ministry for many people, Lord. Just give Him a wisdom in that, Lord, that He would be able to release and launch and care for and mentor many preachers, Lord. Just, I just pray, Lord, for a supernatural reinforcing of that ability to strategize and plan that's already in there, Lord. Just cause that seed to grow. Release us, Lord. Release us as a, as a congregation, as a movement of people, Lord God, that we could spread out and carry Your Word, Lord, to North Carolina and to the nations, Lord, throughout this nation and across the continents, Lord, for Your glory, Lord. Let it be an anointing. Let it be an empowerment that is supernatural in its scope.